Hey folks, uh, welcome to another edition of the Mental Health Podcast. I have uh, Kava here with me. Ah, I should tell you how to pronounce my name. Yes. <laughs> my heart um, started over again. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, go ahead. My yeah. name, it's it's pronounced Hava. This Hava. is silent. Yes, okay. and then my last name is like, uh, it's Vitsa. So as if you were um, saying pizza, but pizza. replaced the p with a v pizza yeah hava pizza <laughs> good to know yeah i mean like i think hava pizza uh, i'm not sure if i you know screwed it up too too badly but uh, you know i'll let her introduce herself and then you know we can take it from there so hi kava uh, how are things with you <laughs> hi good thank you yes you got it yeah hava pizza um the, uh we can we can always talk about what that means and where that comes from we think um but uh thank you for having me today uh yeah happy happy to be here and it's also the first day of summer so i'm very happy about that <laughs> all right uh yeah uh always excited about uh, summer and the sun coming out um yeah and you know the first thing that i ask people is like to give uh, themselves an elevator pitch of sort so uh people know who you are what your perspective is and like uh, how you sort of show up as well so um you know you can get us started uh, with a short pitch about yourself <laughs> okay sure uh let's see what do i have okay so um well uh in terms of my work the past uh, 10 years or so um i've worked primarily with early to mid-stage startups um among uh, tons of different clients across many different industries uh, i've advised coached and consulted with leaders and organizations on implementing programs uh programmatic change so that might include process changes or implementations introducing mm -hmm. new technologies and platforms um a lot of my work has been at the intersection of employee experience customer experience i'm really an experienced person so i look mm -hmm. at like service design i look at the entire people experience it's something that i'm very passionate about mm -hmm. um and a lot of that i think extends to just kind of who i am as a person i'm a massive advocate of people first work and mm -hmm. leadership so building things for people and mm -hmm. they are all built by people so really mm -hmm actually embracing that um mm -hmm. and in my latest uh venture project um i launched uh, my own podcast as well <laughs> mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. called stop blaming avocados and it provides space and um it really is providing people with the space and the purpose is to uplift voices who are really breaking from i'm using air quotes <laughs> from mm -hmm. tradition mm -hmm. and forging new paths for communities and organizations organizations that like i said are rooted in people and for people interesting um you know uh, l let's just get started with the basic question right uh, mm -hmm. what does mental health mean to you mm -hmm. um, so yeah 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 for sure so i come from um my background in terms of my family Mm -hmm. has always been very rooted in mental health and i mean like careers so um mm -hmm. you know my mom my dad both mental health uh professionals of sorts my uncle my aunt my cousins like i have several people within my family who mm -hmm. all devoted their life to mental health in varying degrees whether mm -hmm. that was social work whether that was psychology therapy etc art mm -hmm. therapy for example mm -hmm. that you know that's one of them um and so it's always been rooted i think in everything that i've done um mm -hmm. of course that still means i've had my own mental health journey um mm -hmm. so but the way that i look at mental health is it, it does start with the mind of course mm -hmm. right but mm -hmm. it goes so it, it goes beyond that so mm -hmm. mental health to me it's it's an integral part of our overall but overall well-being mm -hmm. um 
and it contributes and is a part of this like kind of entire universe you have your emotional your spiritual your social your physical well-being mm -hmm. um the way that we approach life it all contributes to our mental health mm -hmm. and then of course additionally um because this is really important part is mm -hmm. society work relationships all those external factors too mm -hmm. beyond our internal you know our kind of that internal universe we have right all those external factors too they're all contributing factors that mm -hmm. you know that positively impact that negatively impact our mm -hmm. mental health and then mm -hmm. you know taking it a step further if it's affecting your mental health it if it is affecting your your uh, overall overall well-being so i look at mental health as like this it's not this one piece it's not just your mind it's not just therapy it's just like it's this entire kind of holistic practice and mm -hmm. how and and how you move throughout life <laughs> definitely um yeah and thank you for highlighting the um i guess the the polar uh, split between like the internal and the external aspect um and i feel like you know from what i've heard from you already you're focusing more from the external perspective from a work uh you know uh aspect wherein like you're uh, trying to build um up people build up voices which are trying to showcase and highlight uh, uh startups which are breaking the norms um you know um one thing that i see from a work perspective is that you know in 2023 there have been a lot of layoffs and you know th there have been a lot of people impacted um in terms of what they can do um for their work uh, standpoint as well so can you talk a little bit about you know your take on this and like how you know people can sort of look at this better as well so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, so that's the thing when I talk about mental health and I talk about like the internal part. Now, of course, we're all responsible for our, and, and ourselves like no one no one else can make the decision to that we want to be healthy, for example, mm -hmm. or eat better, which, you know, nutrition, for example, mm -hmm. contributes happily actually to our mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and so getting proper nutrition is incredibly helpful um mm -hmm. but there are things that we look at of like access to healthy options like access mm -hmm. to fresh organic food mm -hmm. and how that actually impacts us at a society as like societal level and so mm -hmm. what are the inequalities there so when i I'm looking at like, yeah, like focusing in on those external factors because the mm -hmm. external factors do have a lot to do with how we can take care of ourselves internally if we have access, if there is equal access mm -hmm. to services of sorts. So when I think about the market now and I'm thinking about the layoffs, right? So we're in, I, I honestly can't completely describe it. I am not an economist. Like I, you know, of course I do mm -hmm. the best I can. Mm -hmm. um, and but we're in a weird market so there's lots of layoffs going on in certain in industries and particularly mm -hmm. you know tech i think we're seeing it a little bit in finance and perhaps there's some other industries that are like buckling down mm -hmm. um well others are doing exceedingly well so it's it's mm -hmm. it's a very weird it's a weird very weird place to be i'm in mm -hmm. the bay area so of course i am seeing a lot of layoffs and i am seeing how that does impact people mm -hmm. um very personally mm -hmm. there I think there's things that we need to think about. One, mm -hmm. how difficult it is for people to actually find jobs, but mm -hmm. also how difficult it is to not only just look for a job, but also to continue to take care of yourself mm -hmm. in the same way when you don't have the same, you don't necessarily have the same financial means, right? Mm -hmm. So a huge area that I think, you know, needs to, more light essentially is like the fact of like how much does like healthcare like cobra cost so mm -hmm. like if you are have just gone through a work trauma essentially you've been laid off and that mm -hmm. that i think is a varying level in terms of that impact for someone individually mm -hmm. you may need access to mental health services that may mm -hmm. be more difficult for you to get now that you've been laid off and mm -hmm. that is a reality that we do have to look at mm -hmm. um 
now i think in addition to that when you're looking at layoffs and you're looking at what what's happening within organizations there's also like this tug of war going on between many mm -hmm. like particularly large companies and then also their workforces mm -hmm. and for example like with remote work and hybrid and layoffs mm -hmm. and they're saying like you need to come to work otherwise you're not going to have a job anymore mm -hmm. um be because you know we're going back to what it looked like before covid or whatever which is mm -hmm. in my opinion quite silly because covid was this incredibly substantial life-altering universe altering world event that happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't go back in time. We need to figure out continuously together how to move forward and how to continue to make it more equitable, accessible, mm -hmm. et cetera. Anyway, mm -hmm. so those things are also impacting people's mental health because there are people who are like leaving organizations to start their own ventures that are wanting to better prioritize themselves. I also mm -hmm. think people who there are people who have been laid off and I know some of them, right? Um, I, myself, you know, uh who are trying to build new ventures that they're or they're changing industries because they're trying to make work more accessible for them making it work for their lives which by the mm -hmm. way is all contributing to what go you know contributes to your your health and doing mm -hmm. that is really really hard so mm -hmm. i hope that answered your question because i think i like jumped around i was like well there's this this is what's going in layoffs. Right. these are some of the societal things that we aren't i don't think that people are necessarily considering like again it's like access to services when you do not have the financial means and mm -hmm. that goes beyond that goes beyond that it's like what does unemployment look like what is like um uh healthcare costs what does food costs like all of those things that are very mm -hmm. impactful while also mm -hmm. people are trying to find a new job and support families and mm -hmm. then there's like this whole other side of it is that we're like again that tug of war of like what is what is work what is what does work look like which is definitely constantly evolving <laughs> sure yeah i mean like uh, some of the points that i picked on was like um understanding uh, what mental health access means once somebody gets um, laid off. That was one main takeaway for me. Um, for two, understanding how people are reducing flexibility. Um, and I also noticed that there is a change in the power dynamic, wherein like, you know, previously it was like, just for a little while, the, the employees had a power uh, shift wherein like a lot of employers were playing a lot of money and offering a lot of, you know, services to uh, hire and employ them. But I feel like now that power shift has gone away and, you know, all the power has gone back into the hands of the employers. And you're right from that standpoint, you know, in order to make it more equitable, a lot of people are quitting uh, in order to improve access. A lot of people are moving on uh, to create their own ventures. And that sort of has, uh, you know, significant um, impact on on the individual as well. You know, uh, one thing that I I, I feel like um, I wanted to uh, stress on was like the whole aspect of work and what it means to an individual. Um, and like when you're working, why? And as well, like, you know, when you're not working and how that sort of impacts your whole sense of identity. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about like, you know, what that has been for you and like how, you know, your own sort of experience has changed with like different uh, work uh, lifestyles that you have uh, uh, encountered as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good question. I also think it's a really it's a really tough question to answer. It's also a question that when I think about it for myself, it's like I think my answer is continuously evolving mm -hmm. because um because i am continuously evolving but um mm -hmm. and then it also it's very it's very cultural mm -hmm. so depending on the like depending on the country you're in mm -hmm. um and we'll talk very specifically about the us i mean so i grew up in the us i have mm -hmm. a very multicultural family i also think mm -hmm. that you know a lot of uh, i think that a lot of kind of the upbringing i've had your life was always the most important part of mm -hmm. you. So mm -hmm. the relationships that you have, the life mm -hmm. that you live, mm -hmm. the adventures that you take mm -hmm. has always been most important. Mm -hmm. Work is something that helps 
support your mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. now right that's one side of it and mm -hmm. that is something that you know perhaps when you're traveling in certain other countries in the world like in europe like you within the first 20 minutes of a conversation work probably never comes up mm -hmm. in the united states that is that is like very very different and so mm -hmm. it's something that i think that i've always personally actually battled with because mm -hmm. I didn't really grow up with this idea that work, 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 work is like number one thing. But mm -hmm. within the US, I, I'm actually curious to ask you, like, how often is it that like one of the first few questions someone's like, so what's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's like, and that's common, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, and so when we're looking at work identities, I think it's there there is some generational shifts that are going on and i think part of that is because we're also redefining what work looks like too mm -hmm. for people like mm -hmm. if you look at gen z gen z might have several what maybe we previously called side hustles to mm -hmm. create like this you know full time what full time work might look for like for somebody mm -hmm. um and people uh you know i think also when i look at people and the well particularly again like the younger generations and they're redefining even what mm -hmm. what does life look like and so mm -hmm. when i look at work identity it's it, like i said it's it's a difficult thing um because i personally have always lived with this like work supports me mm -hmm. um work needs to fit into the life that i want to create for myself mm -hmm. i am not interested mm -hmm. And this can be, this is a definitely heavily debated topic or, um, you know, there's, there's definitely those that agree and disagree, but work is not something that I am like, I am adapting to your company. Mm -hmm. You want me in an office from eight to six. Great. You only mm -hmm. want to give me 10 days of vacation a year. Okay. Well, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't look, I don't look like, look, look at work like that. I think that that when people have the ability to properly rest and people have the ability to live very like full, very full lives mm -hmm. with relationships with you know i want to do yoga at noon and mm -hmm. then i'm going to go knock out this killer presentation at 2 p.m or something and mm -hmm. i'm going to go work at this cafe because you know what today i'm not feeling super inspired but mm -hmm. sometimes when you look at a lack of productivity you need to shake up your environment there's mm -hmm. this really cool woman i know um mm -hmm. her name's ac and she does her her um her expertise is is, is in like bringing playfulness for adults and i look mm -hmm. at like well mm -hmm. That, that there's all this proven science and neuro like neuroscience and things of like mm -hmm. why it's so important to like have this very full life mm -hmm. and full excite you know not, all right not always exciting but you know variation to your day and how that actually inspires and uh provides more productivity like mm -hmm. that's her work right and i'm mm -hmm. like so when I look at work identities, I'm like, I want to feel more of that. I want to feel more inspired mm -hmm. in my daily life. I, and I want to feel that my work is truly impact. It is truly impactful, but it is not something that's a part that I want to be a part of my identity. Now, am mm -hmm. I there yet? Mm -hmm. Personally? No, mm -hmm. <laughs> because everyone around, you know, there's so many people around you still that mm -hmm. And, and media and everything, it's still continuously saying mm -hmm. that <laughs> work is a part, you know, work is your identity. Work mm -hmm. is a perhaps a piece of it, but it is not, it should not be my, my whole identity. And so when mm -hmm. I'm looking at people who are shifting careers and shifting industries, letting go mm -hmm. is really, really difficult. And I know I've had that personally for me mm -hmm. um because you also look at but look at everything that i've built over the past mm -hmm. da -da -da years mm -hmm. um so i don't want i i so again yeah i'm like i don't want it to look at this is your identity it's a piece of what you do and it might mm -hmm. change next year and it might change in six months and it might change in five years when you are mm -hmm. wanting to do something else continuously evolve um right. but culturally 
it's very different and it really that is very impactful for us so there's mm-hmm. a lot we have to unlearn there's a lot we have to decide what serves us and what doesn't serve us and mm-hmm. you know again continuously evolving and like if you answer ask me that question next week like i might give you some an answer <laughs> definitely i mean like i i appreciate that as well right i mean like i i understand that work and what that means to me um has changed o- over a, a period of whatever x years um uh, you know one thing that i understand as well that you know there are limitations to what i can do uh, i'm mm-hmm. a first generation immigrant you know i am on a you know temporary visa here and i i just wanted to sort of highlight this as in you know th- there are struggles for people from different perspectives one can you uh, what is your luxury in terms of explore, exploring certain side hustles you know what does the you know the government sort of mandate um, in terms of like what you can do and what you can't do um, in terms of your own side hustle so th- that was one lens that i definitely wanted to highlight on since you mentioned the, you know the ever changing uh, sort of workspace as well um, the other thing that i also wanted to uh, bring and touch upon was like culture right and like how that sort of defines your own sense of identity and mm-hmm. like you know and you mentioned you know different cultures prioritize different things you know i i, I let me just start, get started with your name itself right like yeah, the the name itself is very confusing so i i i don't sort of like understand uh, you know uh, the impact a name has on an individual on on like uh, the individual's identity and that sort of tying back to you know uh, the mental health aspect as well so uh, c- can you talk a little bit about your own sort of uh, mm-hmm. name and how that sort of impacts you as an individual so yeah and i want to like i want to first actually touch on something that you said earlier about um which which is something that i've had several discussions on with with friends, with peers, which I've seen too, uh, which you mentioned about how you approach work because work, right, is so much about survival. I mean, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, people, listen, I may work for fun or um, like I may really enjoy the work that I do Mm -hmm. um, and the people I'm doing the work with, but at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I need the work to mm-hmm. survive mm-hmm. i need the work to meet my basic basic needs mm-hmm. and um and so when we're looking at survival and what you mentioned i think and this is obviously uh, this this is not just the us this is in several other countries where yeah you need a work visa in mm-hmm. order to uh, stay in a country and so you have to work and so mm-hmm. i think that what you mentioned about that mindset it becomes there it's a very different mindset mm-hmm. um when you're like well i need this job because i'm living here and if i want to live here then i have to work and i have to then fall into line with what is 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 expected of me maybe i don't necessarily have the same flexibilities or luxuries or what is it privilege right that mm-hmm. certain other folks have and what really i what what i struggle with sometimes is actually then seeing people who are struggling in work or mm-hmm. it is impacting their mental health but mm-hmm. n- not necessarily right having that luxury to be like oh well screw it i'm quitting i'm going to go start something else mm-hmm. um uh it, it's access is is and is incredible i mean i've also seen employers not treat employees who are on work visas mm-hmm. as well as people who are you know citizens of the citizens or green cards or holders or whatever like permanent permanent citizens i guess of of that country maybe mm-hmm. they're getting paid lesser wages um maybe they're working them like work like workforces whatever it might be and that breaks my heart and i mm-hmm. can only hope again i'm not in the uh, at the moment maybe one day i'm in the position where i can actually influence and impact this but if anyone mm-hmm. is listening that is in an organization in that power 
treat the idea is to treat people equally mm-hmm. and give people access help people to actually do the work that they really really genuinely want to do so Mm -hmm. i know that was a completely different tangent but what you said it was so important so so important to to talk about Mm -hmm. um because diversity brings about innovation and it brings Mm -hmm. about um new ways of thinking so Mm -hmm. bringing multi you know, multiple cultures together is, is mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. So we want, we want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so, but then to go kind of into your other question about talking a little bit about my name and then some of the, you know, yes, the cult, like actually looking at culturally, what does work work look like and how, how it does that impact me at all? So it's an interest, it's very interesting. Um, so obviously you can see, me, you can see me on video, but like other people can't necessarily me. I am, blonde hair mm-hmm. i have green eyes i am a woman i am a white woman and um my name is i think confuses people often mm-hmm. often times actually so um i was not born in the u.s i was mm-hmm. born in israel mm-hmm. um my name is hava if you want to pronounce it the right way then you get a little sa and you go like hava mm-hmm. and um it means life it's hebrew mm-hmm. Um, my last name, as far as I, I, it's funny, I'm continuously learning a little bit more about my last name. My last name um, is like predates Germany, but mm-hmm. it, I, obviously Germany, if you if you were looking at history and you were looking at like geography was mm-hmm. quite large. But it's, mm-hmm. I think if you actually go to like the area, my uh, that part of my family was actually from and where the name was from. Mm-hmm. It's actually now part of the Czech Republic somewhere in Prague. So, mm-hmm. and I think that if you if you actually look even further back, it's it's essentially Bohemian is, mm-hmm. is where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> not and if you look at the spelling, you're like, what what? How? <laughs> right. And um, I mean, I'm often mistaken. You know, so for example, the name Hava, um, it's spelled C H A V A, and I'm. Um, so so most people say chava now chava is actually a nickname in spanish and depending on the country mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually a, it's a different nickname mm-hmm. in different you know uh spanish-speaking countries mm-hmm. so um it's fascinating <laughs> i think that oftentimes people meet me and they don't expect me to look the way i look or sound the way i sound because i have you know, I, I grew up in New Jersey. Like I definitely mm-hmm. say things that like sound like New Jersey or New Yorker. Uh, mm-hmm. On the other hand, my mom is from actually where where you live uh, in on Pacific Northwest. So okay. um, and so she has a very different accent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so when it comes to the identity, the name, the culture, um, it's funny. I often don't necessarily know where where I fit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned I grew up with a very multi multicultural um, family. Um, mm-hmm. There are also multiple races in my family. Um, mm-hmm. I also grew up in a very, very mixed neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, with black people, with Hispanic people, with mm-hmm. Asian people, with Middle Eastern people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, with white people who, you know, from, you know, grew up, grown up and born and raised and generations after generation born in like New Jersey. Um, Mm. and so it's, it's actually, it's very interesting. I will also say that, um, I think I've had, I've had experiences where people have looked at my name and, uh, not only not know what, no, not only not know how to say it but also not want to try to say it right correctly right um i can't tell you how many times actually i've literally had someone say oh that's too hard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so then they don't try and that is that's that doesn't feel good because mm-hmm. you know what it, it does to you is it feels like someone doesn't want to try and get to know you mm-hmm 
and perhaps doesn't have the even respect to Mm -hmm. try Mm -hmm. to even say your name correctly, which is a part, a huge part of your identity. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I mean, the the least that someone can do is try. The least someone can do is be curious. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that when we actually look at that and we were look at that in work settings and we look in that in building diversity, equity, inclusion into organizations and I'm mm-hmm. going to a job, the littlest thing of asking someone and actually pronouncing someone's name correctly mm-hmm. is so much more substantial mm-hmm. than you might think is definitely right mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely and uh, you know i i just wanted to say that uh, i know of a lot of people who get an american name because you know mm-hmm. um their you know uh, names are so hard to pronounce even my name sometimes you know people screwed up so i say j you know because like mm-hmm. j is so much easier you know you go to starbucks and you know people don't know um how to how to sort of you know uh, say, say your name and yeah. I, and i and i realize the impact of it wherein like people that's where i feel it starts in terms of your own sort of mental health wherein like you know for sure that you know people won't be able to pronounce your name and then you know i've had friends who've had really long names and you know they don't let people pronounce their last names because mm-hmm. they know for one people are going to you know destroy it or people are not going to be able to pronounce it so as soon as somebody says their first name they say yes you know this is me right because you know you don't want people to sort of not even try like you said not even you know make an effort and this happens over and over again right i mean like oh, yeah. this happens everywhere right yeah <laughs> this happens when you need to get a stamp on your passport this happens when you need to go uh, to different like offices to sort of you know uh, get all the documentation ready right i mean like and and every time it it it, it almost invalidates who you are it almost mm-hmm. invalidates uh, what an individual is and you know and it also shows disrespect immediately to say hey you know what i i can't pronounce your name i i'm not going to i'm not even going to try and i'm just going to use my accent i'm just going to use my voice the way i use it with other people and then you know screw it up and not even apologize for you know screwing it up as well so mm-hmm. um, i think that what you mentioned about um so actually to, to go back to like a the example like with in starbucks or yeah going to like submit documents or something like that you can tell the difference in someone's demeanor when you meet them at at a coffee shop and they ask you your name and then they say could you spell that for me or could you could you repeat that so that i get it right Mm -hmm. um versus i mean listen i know coffee shops starbucks you know there's like a million people it can be really really busy and they're just trying to get through their day and so i i try not to be too hard on these people but i will say for the people who do go out of their way to Mm -hmm. uh, spell it correctly to pronounce it correctly there's Mm -hmm. something about that you feel like you feel a little bit more included Mm -hmm. and and that's just like in your daily life, right? Like you're just going to the store, you're going to coffee sh- coffee shop, or you're going to the post office or whatever it might be. So like mm-hmm. imagine what that's like when you're actually working with people, whether they're your clients or whether you're on a project or whether it's your coworker, and mm-hmm. they make that extra effort to, to try. And if people mm-hmm. are afraid of trying, that's mm-hmm. something else. Like get out of your comfort zone because mm-hmm building equality and building building happiness and building inclusion and building belonging is not an easy thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to be uncomfortable but like the it's a ama- how it, it means a lot to me when someone asks me a little bit like a follow-up question whether it's like how do you spell it what does it mean where is it from something like that um mm-hmm. because it shows that they're they're curious and and they're actually like interested they're they're actually interested uh Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel 
honestly a little bit better. Like you're probably gonna get a smile from smile from me. I mean, I smile mm-hmm. a lot, but like you're gonna get an extra one. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, and and you know the other thing in terms of um immigration and the stuff you mentioned. Um, you know, in terms of the layoffs, uh, you know, it 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 sort of uh damages. Uh, the whole sense of identity when when somebody says hey you know what i cannot hire you because you know i don't know how to sort of sponsor you mm-hmm. as a as an immigrant uh, mm-hmm. I, you know i i don't know uh, how or i don't want to go through the expense of you know uh, doing these things because it it is a lot of work for me um and imagine like you know being equally qualified or even better than some of the other applicants and not being able to be considered for these roles and you know the the amount of damage it does to your psyche to your uh, you know your own sort of confidence when um, people people uh, claim that you know they, they, uh, the procedures that are there are too complicated and what is the plight of the people who are trying to apply and who are struggling um uh, when uh, the government makes it so hard or so regulated that you know people don't want to comply to these uh, regulations as well um and yeah. <sighs> you know um as we are talking about like by the people and for the people right uh, you know um I- i'm just trying to understand like uh, in this sort of capitalistic economy uh, wherein like you know uh, money is prioritized over everything else like you know what is sort of your advice for people trying to do something uh, start something that is prioritizing people and like mm-hmm. how how do you see that sort of impacting workplace well being and like you know employee well being and you know how you know people can do better in terms of um you know building something new so yeah yeah absolutely for so first i want to thank you for sharing yeah some of the i mean some of what's going on right with work visas and how difficult that is and and honestly yeah how that might how that might feel to someone if you've been laid off and you're in a work visa and you have what 60 days to find a new job i mean you're seeing people who it's taking them six months to find a new job and that will carry this you know and of course that right that will like carry the sponsorship too um Mm -hmm. that is scary like your entire life can be uprooted so quickly and so easily and so Mm -hmm. i do not think that we are doing people a service i don't think that we are doing everything we can uh Mm -hmm. firstly i think that you know, and that's it's probably another conversation for another time, but like is uh, providing certainly more time for people to find a job. 60 days is a joke. <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, like six months, a year, whatever it might be. And you can look at the and you can look at countries who are, um, you know, I think actively trying to attract people to their company. Uh, the, sorry, not companies, countries, right, to live and work and like the kind of Again, I don't, there's a feeling of like being welcomed, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but to kind of go into your other question about, uh, you know, building for people by people, um, there's just like this, sometimes you get this misconception that like to build a profitable, profitable business or to live in a capitalistic society mm-hmm. that you can't prioritize people. Mm-hmm. And excuse my french but that's bullshit mm-hmm. um i am not saying everyone should go build nonprofits, and i'm especially not saying that because uh you know women in particular are will often like go build a nonprofit, and i'm like no you can build a poor profit business and you can still take care of people it's mm-hmm. a it's, in fact it's 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 actually a good thing to do it's a financially business smart thing to do mm-hmm. um it's proven time and time and again that happy employees are more productive and ha- mm-hmm. and what is make what makes a happy employee well making mm-hmm. a happy employee means you're that not only are their basic needs met so mm-hmm. and when i talk about basic needs i'm talking about okay food and mm-hmm. shelter and health care right so mm-hmm. making sure those basic needs are met but then going 
beyond that beyond mm -hmm. right beyond that so making sure you're you you're paying competitive wages as competitive as you can mm -hmm. um right making sure that um parents can be parents and also be present at work so if that means that a parent needs to log off at 3 p.m because they're going to go to their kids soccer game mm -hmm. then they're going to log off and go to this kids soccer game right so this idea of and there's a there's a book actually that i read a few years ago that i absolutely love it's a, listen there's one of many many books so there's so many books out there but i did really like this book is it's called people over profit Mm -hmm. It was by a guy called named Dale Partridge. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's been quite a few years since I read this book, so I don't know where Dale is now. Mm -hmm. um, but as people over profit, break the system, live with purpose, be more successful. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a book I read. I think it was it was published not quite ten years ago, but it was I read it fairly early in my startup career. I guess mm -hmm. I entered startups in around twenty thirteen. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2015. I actually read it fairly not that long after like it was it was published and put out there. Mm -hmm. Um and so it it doesn't contain a lot of what I believe in. There's like seven core beliefs. I can't I'll be honest, I cannot remember what they are. Um but it's this idea that holding very strongly to your values and measuring yourself on them, you can build successful profitable <laughs> businesses in, mm -hmm. in within capitalism right um that are not only good for the people internally so making sure you are prioritizing and putting your employees first and making sure that they like is that beyond meeting beyond meeting their basic needs you're trying to do your best to help them live very full lives mm -hmm. but also you can have a positive external influence I mean, look at Patagonia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Patagonia is a fabulous brand. They do a lot for the world. Mm -hmm. um, everyone I've ever met there that have worked there has enjoyed their work, like mm -hmm. genuinely. Mm -hmm. um, they're also very, very uh, active, like activists, like politically mm -hmm. advocates, right? Mm -hmm. um, and they also make, big decisions on who they're partnering with and who they're not partnering with mm -hmm. uh certainly organizations of that size so you know i'm i mean i could name a bunch of them right but you know you know the ones right mm -hmm. have so much opportunity to mm -hmm. like genuinely make the world a better place mm -hmm. um and for the startups that are growing like you still can't you can do everything you can you know, for example, there, there are so many things that cost nothing for you mm -hmm. to do, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time it isn't, it isn't, um, like, we can't look at cost. You Maybe you're looking at time. Maybe it takes you a little longer to do something. So mm -hmm. if you decide that diversity is uh, going to be a priority, and there was this really amazing video um that I can share with you actually about someone, um, there, there was a story about a CEO and uh, the CEO made the decision, we, I, want a, I want more diversity in my leadership team. Mm -hmm. And they said, and if you don't give that to me, mm -hmm. then we're not going to hire anyone. Mm -hmm. And um, they lit like, literally were like, okay well then here's all these here are these diverse candidates and it took until a c-suiter to say i am not hiring someone until you give me some diverse candidates that were mm -hmm. that they actually got diverse candidates and i'm i've been trying to remember the name of the woman who was speaking her name was melody hobson and she was telling the story and she's the she's the president of aerial investments she is um a black woman she is incredible and she did this talk with several other um uh black women who are leaders mm -hmm. um there was like a woman who's like the ceo of consumer banking at jp morgan chase there was mm -hmm. someone who was the executive vice president i think at uh, at home depot mm -hmm. anyways and they're talking about like the decision that mm -hmm. you make mm -hmm. to 
build diversity or to build equity or to build inclusion. It's a decision you make. Hiring people, it might take you longer because you need to now be curious and you need to look outside of maybe your 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 networks, like your where you might typically recruit from, but mm-hmm. you can do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, uh, <laughs> again, Beyonce or Alicia Keys, you know, obviously huge superstars, but they have proven that if you want diversity in your orchestra, for example, you can find it. It is possible. These people exist. Mm-hmm. Again, it might be that you need to be a little bit more curious. You need to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that said, you can, mm-hmm. as a growing business, you can make the decision. It's You can make decisions that, you know, don't cost a lot of money to do. Letting mm-hmm. someone leave work at 3 p.m. because they want to go to their kid's soccer game or making the decision that you want to build diversity within your organization again it may take a little bit more time Mm -hmm. but you can make the decision and you can actually do it um Mm -hmm. so and and that's that's truly truly what i believe in what i think is possible and again i don't have to like i think run off a bunch of numbers um or like data points because you can literally just go on google and say like why why are our are companies with happy employees more productive or more successful? Why are more diverse organizations, where's the data behind the fact that more diverse organizations are actually financially more successful than those mm-hmm. who are not? Like all of that data exists and like, I don't know how need to spew it off. It's literally the quickest Google search. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I yeah. feel like I was like, I was like, sorry, I think I went on a little bit of a rant, but like it's, it, it's, it is all possible to do and mm-hmm you can also be profitable and i am all for putting more money in mm-hmm. you know when we talk about gender inequity right so i'm all for putting more money in women's pockets i'm for putting more money into people of color's pockets like mm-hmm. when we and and this is the last thing you'll say about it is when we do that when we actually make it more more accessible when people have people who in in you know historically have not had the same wealth right that others mm-hmm. have th- that have had and we're going to talk about pr- primarily like white men right versus um mm-hmm. women or versus people of color or here let's or or people who have color who are also women right um then they put that money back into the economy economy because they have more buying power and so mm-hmm. this is the sort of thing you look at it this is a good thing for society overall mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. the last thing i'll say about it i'm very passionate Def- when i'm talking about these things definitely i mean like i think um a few things people can sort of take away is like look at the uh, for-profit corporations um, and not naming names patagonia is one of them and uh, looking at how they are going about making decisions uh, making diversity equity and inclusion an important part of your hiring process uh, you know having more people in the c-suites from a more diverse background um, than just white men uh, and you know understanding that you know people being happier is in the best interest of your uh, company as well so uh, they're going to be more productive and they're going to deliver um, you know better results for you than otherwise so you know um the 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 conversation has been great you know i i'm just trying to be more inclusive um in terms of like asking people um you know what do they do um when they're feeling stressed out they're feeling anxious they're feeling overwhelmed you know what would be your advice like what do you do when when you are in those situations um as well so yeah oh my gosh i feel like i have this laundry list of things um i call it my like my toolbox and mm-hmm. um it's it's actually something i would recommend um to anyone who's trying to figure this out mm-hmm. and um i did work with a therapist on this idea so it's not it's not whole, wholly my idea but mm-hmm. i i also like lists and i also like this idea of not having if you let's say that you're having a really rough day and mm-hmm. you're like i don't i need to do something for myself but i don't know what 
-hmm. make a list of things mm -hmm. that um bring you light mm -hmm. and they should vary in terms of um in terms of like uh, effort right mm -hmm. so uh and you and I, I mean, I went an extra step and I actually ranked them and like on a one to five scale of like how much effort something takes. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing for me would be stop and do deep breathing exercises. So mm -hmm. I do use Headspace still because they it, um, but there are so many apps out there. You also don't need any money for this. You can also do it literally anywhere. Right. Is mm -hmm. to actually do deep breathing where you breathe in for let's say four or five seconds, you then hold that breath for another four or five seconds, and then you have a longer exhale after that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So if you were breathing in and holding for four or five seconds, then maybe have your out breath be like six or seven seconds. Um, mm -hmm. And you can literally count and do this like five or six times. Mm -hmm. And it literally helps your body to like let go of stress mm -hmm. and so something like that on my list is like a one like that's the lowest possible effort right um mm -hmm. then like other things that i might do that maybe take a little bit more effort that would be like on like maybe a two or a three or something would be like going so i find movement is mm -hmm. very important for me mm -hmm. um i mean there's all the science behind how important movement is actually for mental health, but I absolutely love movement. I think finding movement that you like just because mm -hmm. someone loves running or mm -hmm. loves cycling or whatever, like doesn't mean you have to go do it. Just find some movement that you actually like. So I mm -hmm. um, absolutely love yoga and I also really love weightlifting and I really love biking. So mm -hmm. depending on where I am, when, mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. those will have different accessibility levels and effort levels, um, mm -hmm. but that might be something in the mid. And mm -hmm. then if I am realizing that, you know, um, like I, I need something more, like I need some like substantial rest or rest of sorts, mm -hmm. that could be booking a massage, it could be going on a trip, it could be going to visit family or friends, in mm -hmm. another state or whatever it is so i have this toolbox um oh heck and here's another one you like cookies mm -hmm. yep i, love I do me. all right okay so i love uh, an iced matcha latte and right. a chocolate chip cookie <laughs> right so uh anyways uh all those all those sorts of things are in my toolbox for when for that and they all contribute to to that and they all have varying levels and i literally have a list somewhere um, mm -hmm. in case I just don't, cannot in the moment, think of something, you can go to your list and be like, okay, I'm going to go do that. Because, Definitely. you know. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, like, you know, th there is so much preparation people do for like, you know, emergency, like, you know, what's there in your toolbox, like for uh, emergency preparedness or like, you know, uh, if you're going hiking or backpacking, what's there in your backpack? So like, mm -hmm. uh, it's good to sort of look at your own sort of mental health from that standpoint as well, like having a toolbox for yourself too. So yeah, it's like your preparedness or like your your survival kit or like, okay, I live in the world where we have earthquakes. So it's like people have these like, yeah, those, those go bags or whatever. Right. So exactly. this is just, you know, I mean, it's not your go bag, but it's your prepare your preparedness bag. You're prepared to take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, this is one thing that I, I wish I had brought it up earlier. And this is sort of missed my mind. Uh, you know, June is sort of Pride Month. And, you know, I, I want since you brought up inclusion so many times, you know, I, I just want to get your take on like, you know, how we can sort of be more inclusive from from that standpoint. And, uh, you know, what does what does that new sort of way of work look like um, in terms of uh, being more inclusive from that standpoint as well? So. Yeah, inclusion is so important at, in so many, well, I mean, so many in all areas of our of our of our lives. Mm -hmm. um, there are things that we can each do individually that are not performative. They're actually taking action mm -hmm. to help make the world 
society, our lives, our friendship groups, all of these things, right? A more inclusive place. And that does have a huge impact on people's mental health. I mean, we just talked about, you know, like names, like mm -hmm. what, what just making the effort to, to literally learn someone's name, right? And how they say it. So, um, inclusion, um, and being a better supporter, it has to do with allyship. Mm -hmm. um, and allyship should be very inclusive. Um, mm -hmm. When I think about that, um, you are not making a decision that you're supporting like one part of a community. And so we're talking about it's Pride Month, right? So we're not just talking about you're supporting one part of the community. Like, okay, great. I support gay people. Well, mm -hmm. there are many letters there. There's mm -hmm. LGBTQ, mm -hmm. IA plus, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that also means that if you're going to be an ally to the community, that means mm -hmm. you're also supporting and being an ally to the trans community, or mm -hmm. you're also being an ally to the black or Hispanic trans community or LGBTQIA plus communities, right? Um, it's being inclusive and wanting genuinely equal human rights for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. So a small step that someone can take is to, well, first of all, self-awareness. So, and that, that's not a small step, actually. That's a pretty substantial step that can take a, take a long time. In fact, you're always continuously building self-awareness, but like looking at um, maybe the language that you use or you promote mm -hmm. in the workplace. Pronouns mm -hmm. are actually really important, kind of like mm -hmm. your name, like getting someone's pronoun correctly is mm -hmm. a small thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, being curious, so uh, mm -hmm. wanting to learn more. Mm -hmm. so when you learn more and you have more experiences, then you then you have broadened your understanding of what are other people's unique experiences, right? So mm -hmm. whether that's like following um, different people, I mean, like different from yourself, following different people who whether that's actors or creators or artists like on mm -hmm. social media or like watching movies or mm -hmm. reading books. Like those are all ways that one, you're also supporting their business, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But you're also learning about them. And I guess the last thing it would be is you can support local businesses. Local businesses literally are what keeps our economy, our culture alive. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so um, support a local business. Mm -hmm. uh that that's a really that's a really easy quick thing to do and it makes mm -hmm. a huge difference <laughs> definitely um yeah i mean the the conversation has been great and 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 i'm sure a lot of people would have gotten a lot of pointers um uh, from uh, you know building uh, a equitable workforce to 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 the uh, point where you know how do we be more inclusive and you know talking a little bit about immigration and immigrants as well you know I, I just asked people this question like you know if there were a few things you wanted people to take away from this conversation what would they be so oh gosh yeah this has been a wonderful conversation i have really enjoyed like just all of the questions you've asked as well and you kind of helping me reflect myself so like choosing gosh i have to just choose a couple of things to take away from this um so firstly i i can't i can't stress this enough and i feel like i'm constantly reminding myself of this and since this is a mental health podcast it's, you have to be gentle on yourself mm -hmm. um every day we wake up and we have like a different level our energy levels are different um mm -hmm. where we are emotionally can be different it can mm -hmm. change throughout the day mm -hmm. um and just knowing that and being like i'm gonna do the best that i possibly can for this mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. uh and be okay with that even if that means and i i have a i remember having a couple conversations with some friends and some colleagues of like even if that means that all you can do today is like stay in bed, read a book, um, or, you know, make sure that you get three meals in the day or you go for a quick walk uh, of sorts, like whatever it means. Like, just realize, like, just be gentle on yourself and realize that this is going to vary every day. I think that would be a huge takeaway. Um, then 
you know, I think we talked about, we did talk about so, so many different things like, it, it, and, and when we do think about mental health, it can, it actually can get very, very complex in terms of the societal impact and, you know, mm-hmm. and how does that impact you personally and how does it impact your family and your relationships and work and, you know, all of those different things. Um, this is a learning process. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, take things step by step. The, mm-hmm. But the biggest thing that I would say is be open and curious to learning mm-hmm. more about yourself, mm-hmm. but also those around you and like have the, have these conversations, ask the questions, ask questions about like, Hey, how do you take care of yourself? You know, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're kind of trying to figure that out. So, um, I think that those are two really big takeaways. I think that people will take away from the other parts of the conversation in terms of the culture, in terms of the work or society mm-hmm. or anything like they'll take away what they can in, mm-hmm. and where they are in their own journey. But I think those other two things that I just mentioned, Definitely. Um, Definitely. I, those would be good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed and that's one of the reasons why I do this as well, uh, because, you know, there's a lot of information for people to take in. So. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks again for your time. Um, and thank, uh, yeah, yeah no. thank you for inviting me and thank you. Um, thank you for providing space and uh, to have these sorts of conversations. It's it's really important. So I'm really I'm really glad that. Yeah, I'm really glad to have been a part of this. And I'm really glad that that you're having these thoughtful conversations, too. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank <laughs> you.